welcome back to the Zombie Critter Podcast, where we believe less is more, worse is better, and features should darn well have purpose. This is once again the lead undead software engineer, Andrew, speaking from my small family homestead in the Midwest. This particular podcast episode is going to be a short one. It is the week of my birthday, and I figured I would take it a little bit easy and just enjoy the week. And then, as often happens when somebody is trying to, well, take it easy, I saw a few news articles that I felt a need to comment on and, well, just kind of dissect what all was going on as far as they were concerned. And specifically, I am looking at the UK right now and the news of underreporting of COVID-19 cases due to a technical issue. That is a uh, well, a area, a subject that I think this podcast should be covering as far as tech news goes. Anytime there is a bug in software that makes the news, I think it's an interesting thing to take a look at it and dissect what happened. Before we talk about that, though, uh, if you are following Ruby, it's worth mentioning in this episode as well, since I'm doing it anyway, that Ruby 3.0 Preview 1 is out It is going to include static type checking in the Ruby language. It's a new major release, obviously, and it should be uh, pretty exciting to all of you Ruby folk out there. Personally, I'm not a fan of Ruby. I'm probably not going to cover it much in this podcast, but if you are a Ruby aficionado, take a look at Ruby 3. I think there are some cool things going on there. Not as major of a news item, but also interesting if you are into esoteric programming languages like I am. JetBrains is going to be developing a plugin to support the NIM programming language. NIM is kind of a cross between, I would say, Delphi and Python. It's a pretty cool uh, environment. It's something that I would like to like more, but I just don't think the tooling is there for it or the real uh, the standard libraries actually think it would be the perfect language for someone to develop a a modern version of kind of the old Delphi or VB6 sort of thing where you can do drag and drop forms kind of well like you can do with C Sharp these days. So what's going on in the UK that actually got me out of my slumber? Well, it appears that they were underreporting COVID-19 cases due to pulling a CSV file into Excel. Now, How would that work? Well, it looks like what happened is they were using an older version of Excel with the old XLS uh, file format, and that had obviously a row limitation that was fairly small. The CSV file did not have said row limitation, and so the end result is missing uh, reported cases. And as you can imagine, Twitter and all of the social media, they are taking a... uh, dim view of the competency of the people in charge of this particular effort, all sorts of comments, uh, generally saying everyone should be fired and they should start over. I don't take quite as dim a view, but I would say that uh, this particular bug is a case of, well, maybe not a lack of professionalism, but a case illustrating the need for professionalism across all layers of a software or architectural solution for a problem. It is very easy to develop something in 
Excel or Access or any number of tools. Indeed, there was an article recently in Wired, uh, Real Programming is an Elitist Myth. And that article kind of took a swipe at programmers criticizing others um, as not doing real programming. And I think that article really missed the mark because the point that programmers should be trying to make is that developing a solution, as far as software goes, is a skilled thing. And as programmers, we have training or expertise or experience in that field. And as a amateur uh, developer, you can indeed do real programming. We shouldn't be uh, delineating real programming versus not real programming here. It's all real programming. The big difference is professional responsibility and ethics. And that gets back to my earlier podcast and kind of why I decided to do this in general. I agree with the idea that we as programmers should not look down on specific tools. Even in this particular case, I don't have any reason to believe there was a a massive failure of professionalism here. Um, Some of the Twitter comments really get at that. Uh, One of these here, at a certain point, systems need to be built by actual engineers and not an office temp with Excel on their resume. You know, that might be true. And to some extent, I agree with this comment. But at the same point in time, I don't necessarily know that there wasn't a large existing code base inside of Excel. And my experience with lab techs is that they tend to like Excel as a tool. And there's all sorts of solutions you can find uh, done with uh, Visual Basic for applications. That is indeed a very powerful, I've actually built fairly full-fledged applications myself using Microsoft Access. It had the benefit that you could easily distribute it to multiple people as far as just giving them a CD and have a application that as long as they had access, they just double-click and it starts right up. It's a pretty powerful tool from that perspective. But the thing that is important to note here is the professionalism required should scale with the amount of responsibility of the application. If you are looking at an application that will have an effect on the health and safety, potentially of thousands or millions of people, you should have some sort of provable experience and or credentials. And unfortunately, I don't think as an industry, we really have a strong way of providing that currently. So it comes down to more of a question of experience in my mind and making sure that whoever is doing the job is acting as a professional. And if I assume that in this case it was, I would hope that the professional thing to do would be a post-mortem and an analysis of where the failure happened here and taking steps to make sure it didn't happen again. Even if this was a heavily uh, test-driven development environment and they were performing according to many best practices, it's possible this still would have snuck through, especially as, to me, it represents more of a corner case scenario. Now, the uh, counter-argument here, it's an obvious corner case, people. Um, Yeah, but you don't necessarily know how far, how deep into the system any sort of architect went. So, hopefully, the, uh, the health service here, they are employing smart people that will go through and act as professionals and they will be acting as to to quote a 80s era 
meme in the programming world, a real programmer. And that's all my thoughts really as far as this go. Well, I say all my thoughts, but really today is about doing a short podcast and getting back to putting my feet up and writing some code, sitting on my deck on a nice fall day. Hopefully, if you're working in one of these labs, you are staying safe from the COVID and also looking at your software to make sure that all of the reporting is going properly. Till next time, when I plan to talk about a more computer science-y topic for a change, I actually want to dive into some algorithms and explain how they work, hopefully in an entertaining way that will also uh, we'll be able to cover this subject for somebody just starting out. We'll see if I can pull that off. I plan on that being a regular feature of this podcast going forward, but haven't really had the opportunity to finish up on one of those projects yet. Until next time, this is the Zombie Coder, out. Music provided by Audionautics. This podcast and others available at stitcher.com or check out just this podcast at techsteps.com.